You're listening to the podcast of Village Church in Burbank, California. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And now we'll skip down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. So, just a bit of a confession. I'm one of the many, many pastors who really struggles with creating Christmas sermons. Um, because we do it every single year. And I think the struggle that we have sometimes is the familiarity with the story. You know, we get this sense, and I kind of projected upon you this idea that, uh, okay, Ryan, yes, we've heard all of this. You know, the virgin birth, angels singing, shepherds, wise men, yada, yada, yada. Just give us your little inspiring sermon so we can go home and have ham and apple cider and open presents and all of that stuff. It's a, it's, it's a story you've heard hundreds and hundreds of times, most of you. And so the pressure that I put on myself, and I'm sure many, many pastors identify, is we, we say to ourselves, okay, how can, I, how can I make this interesting this year? How can I make this fascinating? And when I stop and think about that pressure, that internal pressure, something seems profoundly odd and even sad about that. Because we're really talking about what I, I'm convinced is the greatest wonder of all. God becoming a human being. Like when you stop and ponder that and turn it over in your mind a little bit and you start to get it, you realize this is the most stunningly beautiful, most outrageous, mind-boggling truth that could ever be proclaimed and considered and contemplated. God became a human being. And it just seems kind of absurd that I would say to myself, okay, how can I take this and spice it up a little bit, you know? Um, the prophet Isaiah talks about the spirit of slumber coming upon people. And to be honest, I think this applies to pretty much the entire human race, is that a spirit of sleepiness can come upon us where our eyes no longer see what they're supposed to see. Our ears no longer hear what they're supposed to hear. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Our hearts are no longer open to what they ought to be open to. It's a spirit of dullness. Our, our eyes get tired. And because we no longer see and feel and hear the richness, the incomprehensible profoundness of these truths, it doesn't impact us. It doesn't transform us like it ought to. And so the title of my Christmas sermon this weekend is Eyes Wide Open. My prayer today is, Lord, help us. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts that are open to be transformed by this baby and the kingdom that he brought. So here we go. The beauty and the mystery and the wonder of this Christmas message of the truth that God became a human being, it's found in a contrast. 
It's a contrast between God on one extreme and humanity on the other extreme. That God became a human being. I don't know if you've thought about this recently, but there's an infinite distance between those two things. That God on one hand is like really, 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 really big. And I want us to focus on that as we begin. Let's talk about that for just a moment. For me, the best way that I have for accessing the awesomeness, the greatness, the bigness of God is by thinking about the universe and thinking about the stars. In the Psalms, it says this, Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. They shout it out, and the skies proclaim the work of His hands. And in Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Everything that exists, he breathed it into being. And so nothing for me more obviously declares and captures the awesomeness and the greatness of God like talking about the stars. So this morning, we're going to have a little astronomy lesson. And I want us to talk about the universe, how big it is and the stars, and how many there are. When you're talking about the size of the universe, you cannot measure it the way that you measure anything else. You can't talk about inches, and feet, and yards, and miles. You have to talk about light years. And a light year is the amount of distance that light photons travel in one year. It's about 186,000 miles per second. Uh, to help you put that into perspective, if you were standing on top of Mount Everest and you turned a flashlight on, the light from that flashlight would travel around the globe eight times in one second. Uh, the earth is about 24,000 miles in circumference. If light travels 186,000 miles in one second, then the light from the flashlight travels eight times around the globe in one second. It takes me 18 hours in an airplane to get from here to India. So light travels super fast, incomprehensibly fast. And the, the distance that it covers in one year is called a light year. It's roughly just under 6 trillion miles. Now, we, we have a hard time even imagining how much 1 trillion is, although we've been really, really trying with the national debt over the last several decades. <laughs> But to help you, maybe give you an analogy that could help you is if you stack, let's say you start stacking $1 bills on top of each other and you build that stack and that stack reaches all the way from here to the sun, which is 92, 93 million miles away. Well, Brian, if it does that, the sun's going to burn all those dollars. Just go with me, okay? Um, it goes all the way to the sun and then you start a second stack that goes from the sun to the earth. And then you build a third stack that goes about a third of the way back to the sun, that would be $1 trillion. Light travels 6 trillion miles in a year. Now let's apply that to, to the universe. Our closest neighboring star outside of our solar system, our closest neighboring star is Proxima Centauri. Okay, I'll give you $100. You can pick which one of those is Proxima Centauri. <laughs> um, Proxima Centauri, this closest sun is 4.2 light years away which is just under 24 trillion miles 
our fastest rocket ship that human beings have come up with, if it were to leave right now, heading for Proxima Centauri, it would take about 73,000 years to get there. To put that into perspective, if that rocket ship had left on the day Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, it would still have 71,000 years of travel to go. It will have covered only a fraction of that distance. That neighboring star of ours, Proxima Centauri, it's part of our galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is this oval-shaped thing. It's a million light years across. So if you were standing on one edge of the Milky Way galaxy and you turned on your flashlight, it would take the light from that flashlight a million years to get to the other side of the Milky Way galaxy. It's a, it's a million light years across. It's 20,000 light years in thickness. And it's got 100 billion suns. 100 billion stars. So if you take our sun, multiply it by 100. So you got 100 suns. Take that, multiply it by a million. Take that, multiply it by another million. That's how many suns, how many stars are in our galaxy alone. Our sun is also a very, very big thing. You can fit a million earths into the sun. But we're told that two-thirds of all of the suns out there in our galaxy and throughout the universe are larger than our sun. Many of these suns are thousands of times bigger than our sun. We know of one in the Orion constellation that is a million times bigger than our sun. You could fit almost our entire solar system into that one sun. And we're just talking about our galaxy. Now, they tell us insofar as they can estimate that there are about 200 billion galaxies out there, each one of them with all these billions of stars. You know, there's as many galaxies in the universe as there are stars in our galaxy. There's at least 200 billion. They actually estimate anywhere from 200 billion to 2 trillion galaxies. And I think probably in 100 years we'll be laughing at that number. But let's just stick with that number, a very conservative estimate. 200 billion galaxies. Some of these galaxies are much bigger than ours. There are galaxies that have up to a trillion stars. And there are at least 200 billion of those galaxies. The average distance between galaxies, on average, is 3 million light years. Remember, I, I just told you that it would take us 73,000 years on our fastest rocket ship to get to our closest neighbor, which is 4.2 light years away. The average distance between galaxies is 3 million light years that's why it's mostly space out there altogether they estimate that there are about 10 billion trillion stars 10 billion trillion suns out there two-thirds of them are bigger than ours altogether the universe is an estimated 150 billion light years across and 13.8 billion years old the heavens declare the glory of God. He breathed all of that into existence and holds it in the palm of his hand. God is really, really, really big. But the God who created all of this and spoke it into existence, he cared enough about this tiny little group of people on this tiny little planet 
in this tiny little solar system, in this far-off galaxy, just one of 200 billion at least. He cared enough about them, though they were rebels, he cared about them enough to become one of them. And he zooms into our existence. He zooms into this womb. This infinite God becomes finite in the womb of this peasant Jewish girl and becomes a little fetus. And he does it all out of love. He takes on our humanity. The God who is infinitely large makes himself microscopically small and becomes a little unborn child. This omnipotent God who has all the power that he can possibly have, he becomes, not just pretends, but he actually becomes this helpless little baby. This all-knowing God who knows all that there is to know He enters into the life of this little child who knows nothing more than I'm cold and I'm hungry. This God who is self-sufficient and doesn't need anything outside of himself to exist, he becomes this vulnerable little child where now he has to be nursed by his mother. This all-glorious God takes upon himself the shame of being born as an illegitimate child in first century Jewish culture, which was no small stigma. And then he takes upon himself the shame of the sin of humanity on the cross. This exalted God becomes humble. When you grasp how great God is, how he holds this universe that is 150 billion light years across in the palm of his hand, and yet he zooms in to become one of us, you cannot find words to express that. To just say, ah, that's pretty awesome. Let's go bake some cookies. That just doesn't quite cut it. We're really talking about the most unfathomable, most incomprehensible truth that we can possibly ponder in our minds. It'll take the rest of your life to ponder the richness of these truths and you won't even scratch the surface. But as great as his power is displayed in the sky and the stars and in the galaxies, his love outshines even that. The psalmist says this in Psalm 108, verse 4, For great is your love higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. He says great is your love. It's higher than the heavens. That's at least 150 billion light years across. And yet what God is basically saying is, my love for you exceeds even that. It's, it kind of reminds me of those games you play with your kids when you're a parent, and you say, I love you. Well, I love you more. Well, I love you more higher than the clouds and your child says well I love you to the moon and you say I love you to the sun and if they've had uh, an astronomy lesson they say I love you to Proxima Centauri (laughs) and and it goes on and on and eventually somebody says well I love you to infinity and whoever says infinity they win because you can't go any further than that but that's kind of the game God's playing there he's like Okay, are you impressed with this universe that's 13.8 billion years old, 150 billion light years across with 10 billion trillion stars? Are you impressed with all of that? Because it's nothing compared to my love. God's saying, I love you with the light of 150 billion light years. I love you more than the speed of light. I love you more than all of the supernovas in the universe put together. I love you more than the expanse of the sky, the number of the planets, the number of the stars that are out there. Take all of that together. My love outshines even that. Which means when we're contemplating the baby Jesus, if our eyes are open and if our hearts are open, and Lord, I pray that you help us 
give us eyes to see and give us ears to hear today. What we're looking at and what we're contemplating is something way more magnificent than any of these pictures that all of these fancy telescopes can possibly show us. We're seeing the very character of God put on display, the greatest display of glory that there is. God became a human being. You, you can't get any better than that. And yet the craziness of it is, is we get bored with it. It just becomes passe in our culture. It just becomes like a, a Hallmark card. Yeah, God became a human being. Happy holidays to you too. Merry Christmas. Let's go look at some light shows somewhere. And if we're not careful, there's a spirit of slumber that can come upon us, a spirit of dullness. And when we're no longer overwhelmed with the truth of God becoming a human being, what else can possibly overwhelm us? When we can no longer capture the beauty and the mystery and the wonder of the Word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, pretty much everything eventually becomes ordinary, normal. We take anything and everything for granted. Even the stars no longer are awesome to us. They're just these stupid little things that twinkle in the sky and we don't pay much attention to them. The wind whistling through the trees, the sound of the waves crashing on the beach, the hummingbird zipping through your garden, the squirrels barking in your tree. We begin to take the people in our lives for granted. Your spouse of five years or 50 years. We stop seeing them in all of their uniqueness and all of their beauty. We stop appreciating them. We get used to them. And our kids, we don't see them at all in this unique way that they, they display the creativity and the beauty of God's glory. We no longer see the wonder and the mystery and the beauty that permeates all of existence. And all of life just becomes one drudgery after another, one boring sequence after another. Everything's normal. Everything's mundane. Everything's boring. Everything's ho-hum. And we're just sleepwalking. The spirit of slumber has overcome us. Elizabeth Barrett Browning, this great poet, she wrote this. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. I love that image, that this God who has crammed himself, as it were, into this tiny little baby has actually crammed himself into every square inch of his creation. That all around us, in the stars, in the clouds, in the breeze, in the rain, in our spouse, in our children, in our family, in our friends, we're surrounded by this profound miracle. But see, if our eyes are tired, and if our ears are tired, and if our minds are tired, we just think it's normal. We just take it for granted. It's ordinary, and nothing's impacted by it. So in this little sermonette, which I'm bringing to a close right now, this is really a clarion call for us to wake up, for you and I to wake up, and to say, God, open our eyes, open our ears, open our minds to the unspeakable magnificence that you became a human being. And let that truth permeate our entire self and reverberate across the world so that all flesh one day 
will be drawn into the beauty and the wonder and the mystery of the Word become flesh. Thank you for listening to today's message. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org.